I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus Edition. Okay, so today I'm going to go way back into the past, back to 1994, to talk about something called world enchantments, or as they were originally known, enchant worlds. Um, so this is something uh, created in Legends. So um, the Legends expansion is the third ever Magic expansion. So Magic came out, uh, and then there was Arabian Nights, number one, Antiquities, number two, and number three was Legends. Legends was the first large expansion uh, that wasn't a, you know, a core set. Um, and in it, there are a lot of cool ideas. Um, Legends introduced multicolor. It introduced the idea of things being legendary. Um, but another thing we introduced to the world was uh, what, what was at the time called Enchant World, as I'll explain later to become World Enchantments. Um, so yeah, here's the idea. This was the idea behind them is you are a planeswalker going from world to world having <coughs> your magical duels. Well, what if we could represent that traveling between worlds on a magic card? And those were called Enchant Worlds. So, interestingly, in Legends, there were 12 of them. Uh, none of them uh, none of them were white. There were two in blue, two in black, four in red, four in green. Um, it's interesting that if you go back in the day, like back to Legends, like the idea of cycles. Richard obviously incorporated cycles into Alpha. And there were a lot of cycles in Legends. So, it wasn't like the idea of cycles wasn't something... But for some reason, they just made the ones they made, and there were a whole bunch in red and green, and none in white. Um, I'm not really sure why, um, but anyway, so I'm going to go through today, I'm going to talk about the Enchant Worlds, and talk a little bit about what happened with them, um, and they definitely spawned some things. There's some things inspired by Enchant Worlds, so I do want to talk about that as well. So first up, I'm going to talk about um, the the 12 Enchant Worlds that came out in the Legends expansion. Um, okay, so, uh, first up, I'm just going to go in color order here. Field of Dreams. So, Enchant World costs a single blue mana. The top card of each player's library is always face up. So, Field of Dreams, I believe, was the first card ever to reveal the tops of the libraries. Um, that is an effect we do from time to time now uh, when we let people sort of cast cards off the top of the library. Um... Usually these days, we let you, we don't make you put it face up. We just let you look at it, uh, and then you reveal it if it's something that you can then cast. Um, but for a while, Field of Dreams definitely inspired a whole bunch of cards. Um, I Once again, so the, the flavor, by the way, I, I guess I should talk about the flavor as we get into these. The flavor of Enchant World was, it represented where you were fighting the battle. In fact, I, did, I didn't even explain how they worked. So I guess maybe let's now explain how they worked. So the way it was is you would play an Enchant World, and it represented where the battle was taking place. And then, if you ever played another Enchant World, which would imply that you were moving now to that new place, the old Enchant World would go away. So you only would ever have one Enchant World at a time. Now, in Legends, in, in I mean, Limited wasn't a real big thing at the time, um, but in Legends, the set itself, there was, I think there was no way at common or uncommon to destroy an enchantment. There was boomerang, I guess. You could bounce an enchantment. Um, but there's no way to destroy enchantment in low rarities. I think there was one, uh, remove enchantments was at rare. Um, 
But anyway, one of the ways, the easiest way to get rid of an enchantment was with another enchantment. Uh, no, sorry, another enchant world. Uh, and so there was a point in Constructed, in the very early days when Legends 4 came out, where, um, and, and I'll get to some of these, that they were so powerful that in order to deal with it, you 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 almost had to play a... You yourself had to play an enchant world. There was a, this tiny sliver in constructed magic where, you know, one of the ways to address some of the other problematic enchant worlds, I'll get to the, the, the two black ones were the biggest problems, I'll get to them in a second, that you really had to play some in your deck. And so, um, they, there was a little time where the metagame, made, like, they, they were part of the metagame. It didn't last very long. Um, and the entire enchant world, world, world enchantment didn't last very long. Uh, as you will see, um, how many total are there? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, 26 total. There's 26 total world enchantments and they start in legends and they end in visions. Uh, and so legends is 2004 and visions, is, I said legends is 1994 and visions is 1996, I believe, or 97. When was visions? Um, 97. I think visions was 97. So anyway, it didn't last, they didn't last very long. Um, but they had a big, as you'll see, they did, they did have a big influence. Um, and some of these effects definitely, uh, there's, there's a number of memorable Enchant World cards, World Enchantment cards. Okay, next, in the Eyes of Chaos, two in a blue, uh, Enchant World, all instants and interrupts, this is back when interrupts were a thing, are countered unless their caster pays an additional X, where X is the casting cost of the spell being cast. Um, so right now it only affects instants. The, 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 I'm reading you from the original text, but the, the current, you know, Oracle text is whenever a player casts an instant spell, counter it unless that player plays X for X is its banner value. So that card just makes all instants twice as expensive to cast. Um, for those who don't know what interrupts were, I, I, I'll, I'll spend two seconds on this. Um, when Magic first came out, um, the way, the timing system worked differently, the way the spell, the game worked. And so, um, mostly counter spells were, were interrupts. Counter spells and things that produce mana were interrupts, so that uh, you could only an interrupt could interrupt could, could sort of respond to another interrupt. Um, if you know the, the mechanic split second uh, that was in uh, Time Spiral, uh, interrupts and split second were, were kind of similarly. Split second was definitely us kind of mimicking what interrupts were. Anyway, this card mostly just made, I, I think it was made to sort of shut down uh I mean, I think it was made to shut down counter magic, and then it had because it affected instance, it affected some other things. But it definitely made it harder to do things on other players' turns because uh, you know instant interrupts are the only thing you could do on other players' turns. So it really said, "Hey, on my turn, it's much more expensive for you to mess with me." Okay, next we get to Nether Void. Gives it height to myself. Okay, Nether Void was three and a black. Uh, Enchant World, all spells cast are countered unless their casters pay an additional three. Uh, and the modern text is just, yeah, when, when a player casts a spell, counter unless the player casts three. So Nether Spells just made all spells, not just instants or, or, you know, instants and interrupts, all spells cost three more. So it was very problematic and a very powerful card. So for four mana, all of a sudden, you know, on, on let's say on turn four, let's assume you have all your land drops. Okay, I play this. Now my opponent... May you know maybe they get to play their fifth land drop, but they not they can only play spells now that cost you know two or more, assuming they made their fifth land drop. And if not, you know they're casting one. And if they if they somehow aren't at their fourth land drop yet, they can't even play a spell other than maybe zero cost things for three. Um, so it was a very part. The funny thing about Nether Void is 
it's like a, it's kind of like a taxing counterspell, which once upon a time was a blue thing, and later white would do more proactive taxing, and white became the taxing color. It's really weird that it's in black. Uh, it it wasn't really fla- in the flavor of black back then, and it's for sure not in the flavor back now. But Nether Void was a really powerful spell, because once you cast it, you really shut down the ability for people to sort of stop what you were doing. So what was very common back in the day was you kind of would get out your threat and then cast Nether Void, and then it just sort of put everything in molasses and made it very hard to deal with. Um, okay, next is The Abyss. Uh, three and a black, uh, Enchanted World. All players bury one target non-artifact creature under their control if they have any during their upkeep. So that, that's, that was how it read originally. Uh, the Oracle text is, beginning of each player's upkeep, destroy target non-artifact creature that player controls of their choice. It can't be regenerated. So the idea of the Abyss, and this was another very powerful card, is every turn, each player destroys one of their um, creatures. And, uh, and this is very powerful, right? It's sort of like I put this out, and obviously if I'm playing this, I have the means, you know, I'm playing something that produces a lot, like... um. There's a card called Singer Autocrat that I think I played with this, so that was a little bit after it. It, it was a black creature that made three zero one tokens. But usually, hey, you're the black player, you can spit out some smaller things, and then just, they're losing a creature every turn. I mean, your deck is built for this, their deck is not built for this. Um, Nether Void and the Abyss were both really powerful cards, and during that window I talked about where you kind of had to play a... Uh, an Enchant World slash World Enchantment. Um, those were the two cards that were causing the biggest problems. Like, those were very... Um, those were very common. Uh, things like Field of Dreams and I'll Get to Concordant Crossroads um, got played in the respective decks because they were really cheap ways. Like, if someone had a Nether Void out, you needed a cheap way to get rid of it because it's costing the spell to cost three more. Um, well, I'll get to Concord Crossroads in a second. But, like, Field of Dreams in a blue deck was a way for only four mana uh, to get rid of a Nether Void, which was really important. Okay, next up, now we get to red. Caverns of Despair. Two red red, Enchant World. All players may attack with no more than two creatures each turn and block with no more than two creatures each turn. Um, this was a way in red to sort of shut down attacking... Uh, once again, one of the things you'll notice back in Legends, being the third set, is they did a lot of flavorful things. The, the color pie was not something that was nearly as thought of as today, meaning Nether Void isn't really a black card. Caverns of Spear isn't a, really a red card. Um, I mean, some, some of these make sense, but it, anyway, there's a lot of pushing in directions. One of the things about the Legends design is the design team, uh, Steve Connor and all the, the, the legend of the people who made that team, had a lot of cards that sort of just said flavorful things and then left it to the sort of the developers to like, how do we actually word that? There's a lot of very funny early Legends cards that just sort of say like, everybody fights or something like that. You just got to figure out what that means. Okay, next up, Gravity Sphere. Gravity Sphere across two and a red in general world. All creatures lose the flying ability. So it, it shuts down flying. Um, red and green, uh, I mean, green's number one, but red's number two at anti-flying. Uh, and so, this card just sort of, if you wanted to, you could keep flying from mattering. Uh, next up, Land's Edge. One red, red, Enchant World. Any player may discard a card from hand at any time. If that player discards a land, Land's Edge does two damage to target player of the discarding player's choice. So, th- this was actually uh, one of the more powerful of the red Enchant Worlds. The idea, essentially, is you could you could turn land into, into damage, into shocks, to do damage to... Um, 
to any target. Um, I think it says any target now. Uh, oh, it says to t target player or target planeswalker. Um, any player to me. So the, the current the current way it's templated is discard a card. If the discarded card was a land card, land's edge deals two damage to target player or planeswalker. Any player may activate this ability. Um, oh, I see. So it said target player or, or the discarded player's choice. Uh, okay. Oh, I see. It just hit players, then we let it hit planeswalkers. Um, Land's Edge, there was a whole deck built around Land's Edge that killed with, that basically would sort of establish the game and then would kill you by throwing lands to kill the opponent. That, that was actually, a, there, there was a Nethervoid deck, there was an Abyss deck, there was a Land's Edge deck. Uh, a bunch of these cards had, had people building around them. Okay, Storm World, uh, red, single red, Enchant World. If any player is less than four cards in the hand at the end of his or upkeep, Storm World does one damage to that player for each card less than four. Um, so this is, uh, the rack, the, basically a card in Antiquities. Uh, this was Enchant World that punishes people for having empty hand. There was also a deck that used Storm World. Um, there, early on, I mean, part of it was Magic didn't have a lot of cards, and part of it was some of these were actually very powerful effects. Um, one mana to sort of, uh, rack everybody was actually pretty powerful. Okay, next up, Arborea, two green green. Enchant World. If a player does not cast a spell or put a card into play on his or her turn, no creatures may attack that player until his or her next attack, next turn. Um, so this uh, was an uncommon. So for those that have never played Legends uh, Sealed, which I have, uh, this is probably the card that is the most painful card uh, in, Le in Legend Sealed. It's an uncommon. Basically what it says is, as long as I don't cast a spell, I can't get attacked. And so one of the strategies is you get this card, you play it out, and then uh, just build up your board. And then once you once you feel you have it, you know enough. Um, oh, I'm saying you build up your mana, not and not letting them attack you, and then you can sort of do a, a bigger spell. Um, it just really shuts everything down. Uh, it I don't think Boria saw tons of constructed play, um, but in limited, it, it really really shut down. It, it was. Like I said, there's no common or uncommon way to destroy uh, enchantments. Uh, there, there were some uncommon enchant worlds, so th that was the easiest way to get rid of our Boria was another enchant world. Um, anyway, I, don't, I do not have fond memories of Arborea. Next, the, a card I have many fond memories of, Concordant Crossroads. So green, uh, so enchant world, creatures may attack or use abilities that include the tap symbol during the turn they're brought into play. Now to say is all creatures have haste. Haste wasn't a thing at the time. It wasn't a named thing at the time. So, uh, for those that know, uh, the deck that I played a lot in the early days of Magic, my competitive deck, was a blue-green weenie deck. I've, I've published this numerous times. Concordant Crossroads was a, was a big part of that deck. Um, usually, I would get Concordant Crossroads out right away, and that allowed me to, like, chain my birds and my elves, and it allowed me to um, sometimes attack right away on my very first turn, sometimes for a scary amount of damage. Um... But Concordant Crossroads did two functions. One is it it uh, one man and now given it made it, it gave all creatures haste, not just your creatures. But my deck was optimized for it. It was a weenie deck, so it was very very effective in my deck. Um, but also it allowed me to deal at the time I had to deal with Nether Voids and Abysses, uh, and so it allowed me as an it was a one drop answer, especially for Nether Void. It was a one drop answer uh, or four drop with another with a another void out. Um, but anyway, it was a very, uh, Concord Crossroads was a very popular card. Um, 
we don't do as much sort of grant abilities to all creatures anymore. Uh, nowadays, like, your creatures gain haste. Interestingly, at the time that it was made, it green really wasn't a haste color. Years later, we made it tertiary in haste, and then recently we made it secondary in haste. So now green can do this. So Concordant Crossroad kind of wasn't a green card, and eventually it's come around to where it could be a green card. Next, Living Plane. Two green green, Enchant World. Treat all lands in play as both lands and 1-1 one, one creatures. They may not be tapped for mana the first turn they brought into play. Uh, that's just saying... Um, so all lands are 1-1 one, one creatures that are still lands, is the Oracle text. Um... Basically, what it did is it just turns everything into a 1-1. One, one. There were some living plane decks that used that to kill the opponent's land. Like, I would play that, and then I would, you know, cast something that just did one damage. Uh, I Usually, I, w- I would play it. I would somehow protect my lands, a castle or something. And then I would do one to all, 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 um, to all creatures, and then it would kill all my opponent's lands. That was the living plane deck. Not a super fun deck. I think living plane was inspired by... Um, there was an artifact... Uh, in Alpha that made all swamps into 1-1 creatures. And uh, the idea that something should uh, turn all your land into creatures felt more green. So uh, this is in green, actually a card in green. Um, the fact that you could turn anybody's definitely made it. Um, there, The way it ended up getting used was not, oh, I turn my creatures in, into lands and attack you, my lands into creatures and attack you. It was much more, I turn your lands into creatures and destroy them. So it, it didn't quite play out the way I think that it was intended by its creators. So the final uh, from Legends was Revelations, uh, single green mana, Chant World. All players play with the cards in their hands face up on the table. I have no idea why this is a green card. Um, and everybody, like, having all your hands revealed, is we've learned, does not lead to good play. Like, hidden information is a really fun part of Magic. So, not a big fan. The I will note that you notice that there are a bunch of cheap. So, Field of Dreams... Uh, Storm World, Concordant Crossroads, and Revelations were all one-drop Enchant Worlds. And with Nether Void, when Nether Void became a big thing and constructed, um, people played Concordant Crossroads over Revelation usually. But Field of Dreams, Storm World, and Concordant Crossroads got played a bunch as ways to fight Nether Void. Okay, so those were the Twelve in Legends. Uh, so next up was Homelands. So Homelands was. So after um, Legends was the Dark. Um, and after the dark was Fallen Empires, and after Fallen Empires was... Or wait, is this... Hold on a second. Oh, uh, no, this is Homelands. Um, after the dark was... I guess Homelands was... Okay, Homelands was after the dark. That's after Fallen Empires. Fallen Empires, then Homelands. Um, so th- there were three Enchant Worlds made in Homelands. One in white, finally. The first time there was a white one. So, um, there was a white one, a blue one, and a black one. Um... Okay, so uh, the white one was Sari Avery, three and a white, Enchant World, all creatures with flying get plus one, plus one. Um, I think that was made uh, just to be a, a positive flying card. Uh, I think, for example, you know, Gravity Sphere shut down all flying. Well, Sari Avery said the opposite. It's like, I'm, instead of hurting flyers, I'm going to help flyers. I, th- I thought it was sort of a... Uh, I think his response to Gravity Sphere of sort of, uh, instead of having one that's going to host flyers, we're going to make one that's going to help flyers. And Sarah in Homelands, Sarah the character, played a bigger part. So they, they, they tied it to her. Mystic Decree, two blue, blue. All creatures lose flying and island walk. Uh, so this was a card made to go with the moat, which was a card in um, Legends. 
that uh, nothing could attack except flying and island wall creatures. So if you played the moat with Mystic Decree and white-blue were kind of the control deck colors, it kept anything from attacking you. Uh, and I, I think that was on purpose. I think Mystic Decree specifically was meant to go with the moat. And then finally was Coastkin Falls, two black-black, Enchant World. During your upkeep, tap target untapped creature you control or bury Coastkin Falls. No creature can attack you unless its controller pays an additional two when that creature attacks. Um... This is another weird one. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's forcing you to tap creatures. It keeps them, it, 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 it gives them a tax for attacking. I don't know. I, taxing was never supposed to be a black thing. Maybe they were riffing off of Nether Void. But anyway, uh, Homeland sort of picked up the ball and said, oh, Enchant Worlds. So Enchant Worlds, starting with Homelands, became for a, a little blink in time a, an actually an evergreen ability. Because it shows up in Homelands, it shows up in Alliances, it shows up in Mirage, it shows up in Visions, and then it goes away. Okay, so there, there only was one um, Alliances card. It was called Winter Night. Uh, and it was uh, the, I think it's the only gold card? The only gold, yeah, it's the only not monocolored, the only multicolored uh, Enchant World. So it said, whenever a snow-covered land is tapped for mana, it produces one additional mana of the same type and does not untap during its controller's next untap phase. So the idea is all of your snow-covered land sort of um, got mana flared. It produced extra mana, but it also hosed it. So when you, you got two that turn, but it didn't untap the next turn. Um, I do know that this got designed during uh, development because the Alliance's designers did not put any snow into their design, mostly because when they made it, it was not originally intended to be a follow-up to Ice Age. It was made by the same people, but really was their own. But they were doing a completely different set. Uh, and when we got it, the idea was we were starting to think in terms of blocks. And so we actually sold alliances as being part of a, a continuation of Ice Age. But that meant in uh, development, and that's the first team I was on development of, we actually added in a bunch of Snow Matter cards. Uh, and so I may or may not have something to do with designing this card. I don't remember. I, I might not might not have. But uh, um, I, I know we, we spent some time making uh, a bunch of Snow Matter cards. Okay, then we get to Mirage. Mirage actually did a cycle of rares with one bonus black card for some reason. Um, so first up, Null Chamber, three and a white, uh, Chant World. You and target opponent each name any card except a basic land. Those cards can't be played. So this was, I think, might have been the earliest proactive sort of, st- like, um, uh, Pithing Needle type effect, you know, um, um, Meddling Mage. Um... This effect, I think, was the first time we did this, and it's in white, obviously, where we're... It's it's sort of proactively countering things, and that's something we let white do. This is the first time that happened. Um, Bizarre of Wonders, three blue-blue. Uh, when Bizarre of Wonders comes into play, remove all cards and all graveyards from the game. Whenever a spell is played, counter it if a card with the same name uh, is in play or in, or in any graveyard. I actually designed this card. Uh, the interesting thing was, I just liked the idea. I wanted a card that said, you can't play the same spell twice. Um, and then just trying to figure out, well, how do we do that? And finally, what we said is, okay, well, what if we, um, I think we removed the graveyard just because we're like, okay, well, well, from this point forward, you can't do something. Although, obviously, you couldn't play something that was already in play. I forget why we removed the graveyard and just didn't count the graveyard. But anyway, it was built to be something that just kept you from playing the same card twice with the idea. I didn't build it as Enchant World originally, but I think we were making a cycle and we must have killed the blue one, so we ended up making Enchant World. 
Okay, there's two black ones. For Forsaken Waste, players cannot gain life. During each player's upkeep, that player loses one life. If Forsaken Waste is the target of a successfully cast spell, that spell caster loses five life. I remember we put that rider on because we, we wanted some punishment for destroying it, but we wanted it to be destroyed. So it's like, well, you can destroy it, but it, it, you lose five life to destroy it. And then Tombstall Stairwell, Cum of Upkeep, one and a black. During each upkeep, each player puts into play a Tomb Spawn token for each summon card in his or her graveyard. That's a creature. Uh, uh, treat these tokens as two two black creatures that are unaffected by summoning sickness and counting zombies. At the end of your turn, or if Tombstall Stairwell leaves play, bury all these tokens. I think this card was made completely independently. I don't think it was part of our cycle. It ended up actually being a pretty popular card. Um, I'm not sure why we made Enchant World. It's not. I don't think it was part of the cycle. Just we saw an opportunity. Maybe it felt like Enchant World because it affected everybody. Um, that must have been why it was an enchantment that affected everybody, so we call it a chat world. Uh, Chaos Sphere in red. Two in a red. Creatures without fl- with flying cannot block. Creatures without flying. Creatures without flying can't block creatures with flying. So fl- it sort of separates the flyers from the not flyers. Kind of what we would later do with Storm and Tempest. Um, they just sort of separates into two groupings. And then Hall of Gemstones, one green green. During each player's upkeep, that player chooses the color. Until end of turn, each mana-producing land produces mana of the chosen color instead of its normal color. So the idea is you sort of shut down capping certain colors. It was a color-hosing card, which is sort of weird. Um, but anyway, those were the the cycle. And then there was an almost cycle in Visions, which is a little bit weird. Uh, there was one in every color but green. I'm not quite sure. That says we didn't set out to make a cycle. Otherwise, we, we made a green one. It's a little weird. Eye Singularity. When Eye Singularity comes into play, bury all permanents with the same name except basic lands. Whenever any permanent other than a basic land comes into play, bury any permanent already in play with the same name. So I think Larry and Bizarre Wonders are doing something similar. Um, although it, it destroys things. Um, where the Bizarre Wonders just stops you from playing others, but I think Larry destroys them. Uh, Teferi's Realm, one blue blue. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player chooses artifact creatures, land, to global enchantments. All cards of that type phase out. Um, and so this lets you sort of temporarily get rid of... Uh, something, and you, each turn you get to choose what you get rid of. Um, Pillar Tombs of Aku, two black black. During each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature, or that player loses five life, or you bury Pillar of Aku. I think we were trying to make a, a, a fixed version of the Abyss. That's what that was. So the idea is, well, sacrifice a creature, but if you really need your creature, you can lose five life instead. Uh, and then Elkin Lair, three in a red. During each player's upkeep, that player chooses a card at random from his or her hand and sets it aside face up. That player may play that card as over in his or her hand. If that player does not play the card by the end of the turn, bury that card. Um, there's a card called Elkin Bottle, which I think came first, uh, and then Elkin Lair. Both of those are kind of the inspiration for where um, Impulsive Draw came from. Because uh, Elkin Bottle was, look at the top card of, of your library and you can play it till the remainder of the turn. Uh, and I think Elkin Lair was just us riffing off that ability. That's why we, we named it Elkin. Uh, Elkin Bottle was an anagram for Klein Bottle, which is a mathematical thing. Um, anyway, uh, so what happened was we decided that we just didn't like the gameplay of Enchant, Enchant Worlds. Um, uh, mostly because we felt like um, the only having one at a time, it, just, it did a lot of things that, that had been done with Legends that we didn't like and that... Uh, Anyway, we decided that we didn't really like the gameplay of it, so we stopped making them as of Visions. Uh, So it went from being a thing to an evergreen thing to a thing we really don't do anymore. Uh, At some point, we decided that it was weird to call them Enchant Worlds. I think when 6th Edition came around and Enchant Blank became Enchantment, 
uh, we turned world in, into a super type. So it, it became, uh, instead of enchant world, it became world enchantment. Um, we, I mean, keep, people keep asking us to ever make more world enchantments. Uh, I don't know. I mean, with things like modern masters existing, I don't know if one day out of entertainment we would do something like that. But it, we don't think the gameplay is really good, which is why we haven't made them since then. So I'm not optimistic of us making more. I will explain, though, how uh, this did inspire something uh, in, a, in a few minute, last minutes. So for a while, there was a thing called Enchant World Tournaments. Uh, and when they first began, we actually used just Enchant Worlds. And the way it would work is you'd have a stack of, of some number of Enchant Worlds picked by the person running the tournament. And then every once in a while, they would say, they would they go, stop! And they would change the Enchant World. And then whatever the Enchant World was affected the entire tournament. So, you know, maybe... Oh, Field of Dreams, everybody gets to use the top card of the library. Oh, the Abyss, everyone's sacrificing cards. Oh, it's Concordant Crossroads, all creatures of haste. That it would keep flipping things up. Oh, I didn't put this out before, but something you noticed. The way all Enchant Worlds were designed is it affects everybody. It is not just affecting one player. It changes the nature of the world, so it affects all players. That, that was something that ran through the designs of all of them, if you'll notice. That it, it, it doesn't just affect how one player functions. It affects how all players functions. Um, that it grants all players an ability, not just one player. Um, but anyway, we did these tournaments called Enchant World Tournaments, where uh, we run this. Eventually, uh, people would start putting in other enchantments and not just Enchant Worlds. There might be like, oh, it's Mana Flare or something. Um, anyway, the Enchant World Tournaments were the inspiration for Plane Chase. So if you've ever played Plane Chase, Plane Chase is a product we've made numerous times where there is a card that represents what plane you are on, and then you can change that plane. But the, the Enchant Worlds and the Enchant World tournaments directly infected and, and, and affected, sorry, inspired um, Plane Chase. And so I, when I say that we don't make world enchantments anymore, I mean, I, I, Plane Chase definitely is something that sort of grew out of them and, you know... Past the time of Mirage, in some ways, I, I, I would argue that World Enchantments kind of morphed into um, Plane Chase, uh, Planes for Plane Chase. And so the, their spirit lives on, um, and it is something, if you've never played Plane Chase, it's a lot of fun. Um, basically, it's a format where you have these large cards that act like Enchant Worlds, and then you have a, a die that you can roll. And so you can try to change it. If you don't like the world you're in, you can try to change it. Um, and, and also there's effects that can happen on, not only is there a global effect, but if you roll the die and get a certain effect, you can make a, a specific effect happen on that world. But anyway, guys, that is the story of Enchant World slash World Enchantments. Uh, it was definitely something interesting. There was a, a moment in time where it was a, a big deal in constructed play. Uh, and like I said, it went on to inspire a very, um... Popular. I mean, it's popular within the group that likes it, but it there, there's it inspired something that I know has a, a big following, which is uh, plain chase. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed our jaunt through uh, world enchantments, last enchant worlds, and I uh, hope you guys. I'll see you all next time. So I, I can see my desk. We all know what that means. It's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye.